and welcome to Mum in It, the podcast where we chat all things parenthood. I'm Harriet Shearsmith and I am indeed mumming it with my three kids, but I want to find out how other parents are navigating their parenthood and what that looks like. This season, we're talking parenting through a pandemic. And don't forget, at the end of every episode, I ask my guests for their parenting hack. Smallest things that will make the biggest difference. And if you're a fan of hacks and life tips, don't forget to check out my book, Mumming It, which is available to order now. Hi, so I have with me Jess today. For those who do not know who you are, please will you tell us about your fabulous self? I always get this question and no matter how many times I've asked, I never know what to say. And I've learned now I need to just own it because I think it's really uncomfortable, isn't it? To like introduce yourself. It feels really arrogant. Actually, there's something really beautiful about having the confidence to be like, "Uh, excuse me, this is who I am. So... To lead by example, my name is Jess, also known as the fat funny one online. I'm a mum to three. Still can't believe I'm saying that. I'm a social media person-ish podcaster. Uh, what else do I do? Uh, I work in recruitment. I do all sorts of things for all sorts of people all the time. But yeah, I'm just me. I'm Jess. I love that. I'm just me. I'm Jess. I love that. You are fabulous. You're an inspiration to so many people with your body positivity, with your just attitude to life. I love how bubbly you are. I love how you just go heads on at things. I love that about you. You've done loads of comedy shows as well and things like that, haven't you? Yeah, just whatever I fancy that week. I guess my motto in life is just like heads up, tits out. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I saw that online this week, so I'm not going to claim that I made that up. But I, saw it online it and I was like, yeah, I was just going to fall for pretend I earned it. But I saw it online this week and I was like, yes, that's literally, that's just how I am. So if there's something I want to do, I'm very much, a, I'll kick the door down. I'll build the damn house to build the door to get in if I have to like I'm just I'm not gonna sit around and wait for it so yeah I did a comedy tour so random like I just always wanted it to be on stage and you were pregnant as well weren't you when you did that you just went straight into it you were like was it like three or four weeks before you were due yeah so I don't really do things by half so I did my first show I did in September I was pregnant but nobody knew so I did my first show in London it was just supposed to be a one-off but it sold out which was like amazing and it was just I got like a standard ovation I literally cried for like weeks after it was amazing and then people started going I can't get to London can you do it up north can you do it here and I just thought oh yeah I guess I can like there's nothing stopping me so yeah I just like rang around all these places <laughs> like literally random theatres in Birmingham like just pulled up googled theatres in Birmingham and just would ring them and be like can I do my show and they were like they were great and I just went round and I, I had to kind of cram it in even though I knew I was pregnant because I thought the want for it is there so if I wait until after I've had the baby the vibe's gone I just thought what's going to be harder doing it pregnant or with a newborn and I thought always with a newborn yeah, yeah exactly that's just going to be like way harder so I just thought oh I'm just going to do it and I was still working full time so I'd work Monday to Friday for a client a recruitment client and then on Friday nights I'd normally work from home on a Friday so that I could go to whichever city I was in that night and then I'd have my show Friday night Saturday night and Sunday night and then come home on a Sunday night and then work from home on a Monday if like it was a really late one and then work the rest of the week and I did that and then yeah I had the baby three weeks later after the tour finished People in the front row were so nervous. Just that anxiety of mm, mm, mm. Yeah I put on Facebook I was like Look any midwives You can come for free Sit in the front And like one girl commented She was like It was so good But I was prepared to catch At any moment I was like That's fine As long as someone was there With some like Hand sanitizer And a hot towel We're good Exactly They go What more could you possibly need You're in a room Full of women Who will exactly. Have your back So from that I think we could all deduce That you work quite well Under pressure <laughs> And I don't think We could ever say That there has been A more pressure cooker 
year than the one we've all just had. It's been mind-boggling and not just from a nobody predicted this would ever happen (laughs) yeah absolutely nobody if you'd have said to me at the beginning of March you know what's going to happen you aren't going to be able to leave your house all your kids are going to be at home your husband's going to be at home and it's going to be so much fun I'd have laughed I'd have just been like no I'll be in home since thanks (laughs) I just wouldn't have ever seen it coming and I don't know what the experience has been like for you over the last year with your kids you've got slightly younger kids than me so I don't know how like homeschooling has worked and things but what have your experiences been throughout the pandemic and the whole shebang of the last year it's been twofold so I had JJ two days before lockdown so I had a baby on Friday and then by Monday we were in a national lockdown so that was fun so I came home from the hospital on Saturday and then was suddenly thrown into I've now got to juggle all three kids at home well not on my own my husband was here but like on our own with no family like no one can come and see us no one can do anything we wouldn't even have like relief to focus on the baby while the kids were at school you know you kind of have those few hours in the day there was nothing and I was like this is going to be insane like it's going to be intense but then in true Jess style I kind of just cracked on with it the hardest bit for me was not seeing my mum yeah because I just had a baby and like she couldn't see her grandson at all and the only reason why we managed to see Trevor's parents was because they had the girls while I was in hospital so when they dropped the girls back they obviously came in this was the Sunday so luckily they came on Sunday before national lockdown on Monday so they could have cuddles but that was it and even then we were really nervous because at the beginning it was quite scary it's still scary now but shock to the system wasn't it yeah it was this really you know the country's gonna go into national lockdown it was so surreal so we were still really frightened that we had this tiny little baby and we weren't allowed to go anywhere or do anything or see anyone so even really basic things like having your health visit come around never happened so I can't imagine what it's like if people had their first baby but yeah it was hard I think the hardest part was not seeing friends and family which is twofold part of me was glad because I didn't have to like put a bra on and do (laughs) sweet FA for ages or clean my house I did nothing I just like pushing the side when we had a video call it was great Yeah. but the downside is not having your mum like I'm really close to my mum she's normally always there when I have a baby she wasn't there and she didn't see JJ we were really strict we stuck to the rules because I know loads of people like I'll just see your mum it doesn't matter and she was like what if I carry COVID and I come to your house and I make the baby sit like she was so scared that's a big question isn't it It, it's not just the outward risk when Mm. you've got a baby it's or if you've got somebody vulnerable in the house it's that internal risk as well which obviously the outward risk should be hugely important but I know it's easier to kind of look away from that isn't it if you don't think it's going to affect you immediately how did she cope did you speak to her every day oh god yeah I talked to her every single day um the first two it must have Mm -hmm. been such a disappointment I guess missing out on everything not just yeah she's she's cried about it bless her a lot and even now a year on she's only met him twice um and she constantly will say or when she rings she's like I'm not going to have the same bond with him as I do with the girls because I just haven't had any time with him he doesn't know me you know when I do see you properly is he going to be happy to come to me like she has all these words because she's so close with the girls so like they're super close like they go to her house in the holiday you know they've got yeah. really good relationship with my mum so she's just like he's not going to know who I am and, and Trevor's parents are the same they're constantly upset about it and I guess the one thing that we keep going is we're all safe and well yeah. you know they've all had their vaccines now so we kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel now but yeah lockdown will be slightly lifted at the end of March when it and 
JJ would have just turned one. So literally his full first year is solid lockdown. But I just, I continue to repeat to myself how grateful I am that we've all been safe and well. And that alone, I think, keeps us going. You are a great advocate for practicing gratitude. I remember speaking to you about it at an event that we were both at. And I was kind of like, oh, I mean to do it. We were looking at the Positivity Planner. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I love it. I love these things, but then I just never end up doing it. You would just like do it. It will transform your life. Just practicing that gratitude and sort of saying, okay, what am I grateful for? And what's something that's good that's happened today? I've carried that with me. I have at the end of the night, I will sit there and sort of go, what have I done today that has made me happy? What has been one thing that I'm pleased with today? No matter how shit the day has been, because we all have them and especially. Oh, hell yeah. There's I mean, there have been the lowest of the lows throughout this pandemic. And at the end of the day, to sort of step back and go, actually, what am I grateful for? And I think sometimes people almost feel a bit like you're saying you shouldn't moan or you shouldn't be upset. And it's not about that. It's about finding Mm -hmm. that silver lining on those rain clouds because it's always there. There's always something that actually can lift a day. Totally. I think the other thing that people try and do with gratitude is they go, oh, well, you know, someone's always good at worse than you. And it's like, don't guilt trip people into being grateful. That's not how this works. And when you do that, it doesn't actually mean people are grateful at all. It's not from the right place. It's not the right energy because you're just guilt tripping people. You know, there's always going to be someone worse off than you. That's just a fact of life. And it's not fair to make people feel bad about, say like, little well, you've got a roof over your head. Mm. Yeah, you have. And those are things to be grateful for. And sometimes when I've had a really crap day, it's something, you know, don't want to say simple because it's quite complex for other people, but it is quite simple for me to say, actually, do you know what? I'm really grateful. Like even in the winter, I remember once I just put one, I'm glad I've got heating. Yeah. The other day I just put that there's food in our house and I've got food to feed my children. And sometimes it is some of those basic things that, you know, that's another subject to say everybody's entitled to them because they are. Those but things it's, that might be basic to me and you. Yeah. But actually and that they are human rights. Yeah. It's exactly. that moment of realisation that whilst it's basic to us, how lucky are we that it is basic to us? Yeah, it's that. But without feeling bad about it, without yeah. feeling guilty, you know, it's not your responsibility to do everything for everyone. That's impossible. Yeah. But, you know, it's actually genuinely sitting down and going, okay, today was horrendous. The kids didn't listen. I didn't like them today. My husband was getting on my nerves because he wouldn't get off his phone and listen to me. And the dog kept barking and I couldn't cope. And my boss annoyed me. You know, you have those days. But to get to bed and go, but do you know what? I woke up this morning and there's an opportunity to do it all again tomorrow and I'm glad that you know I had fresh air one of the things I always write down is fresh air just being able to stand outside and it does make a difference because I know it's really cliche and corny to say but you know where your attention goes is where the energy flows or something like that I don't know can't quote it properly but it's true if you focus on all the crap things then more crap things will happen and not because they're happening in more quantity but it's because that's all you can focus on it's all you notice isn't it it's all you notice it's like when we used to drive my mum used to play this game with us in the car like if we spotted a red car we'd make a noise or if we spot a yellow car yeah. but that's all the cars we'd spot and if my mum got to the end and probably said to us oh did you see any black cars we'd be like there was definitely no black cars on the road yeah. like, absolutely <laughs> not like how ridiculous of course there were but exactly. that wasn't where our focus was it wasn't where our focus was and it's exactly the same it's not about completely saying oh you can't feel bad or have a crap day or moan about it but it's about actually being able to step back and go okay but what can I focus on that's going to pull me out of this a little bit and you just need that little pull and then it's just a bit of a trickle effect and then it becomes easier and easier and then as you go on you're naturally looking for the good parts of the day without even thinking about it because actually in your mind you think I've got to write one of these later so I might as well start looking for it and then you do and then it just becomes natural and even when everyone's losing their shit in my house and I want to <laughs> run out the door <laughs> screaming I think I've got healthy happy children who 
are thriving, yeah. screaming, but thriving. We're safe, we're happy. Driving me bonkers, <laughs> not over <laughs> Might have gone on Etsy at one point today, but actually, Absolutely. I'm happy that they're healthy and that they're yeah. okay. I don't go on Facebook Marketplace and just give them away for free at some point. Like, <laughs> Etsy, you at least have to pay for it. No premium, guys. They're, they're a Facebook Marketplace, a free job. You know, those Facebook groups and you're like, Claria, shpock it. There you go. <laughs> Collect them if you can. No returns. Absolutely <laughs> not. I love that you've managed to maintain all of that throughout everything because it has been hard to maintain that positivity or it has been for me anyway and like you say I know it becomes habit for you the more that you do it but some days I just found it really hard and really unmanageable and I was trying to do things for work for clients I was trying to do all manner of stuff tell you what I found really hard particularly in this lockdown this winter lockdown Mm -hmm. was losing my home being a home and I don't think any of us felt like it was a home it kind of felt like from Monday to Friday it was a school Mm. and not a very happy one not one with friends not one where we could do things it was a workplace because I've never felt so stressed trying to work as I have throughout all of this and then just a place of utter exhaustion by the end of the day mentally not physically because we couldn't go anywhere but just that that mental drain and then come the weekend it was like what do we do and then trying to make it feel like a home again and I I found that really hard just the homeschooling and the trying to line up all the ducks and beat everybody all at once I don't know how you found that it is hard I think one of the things that I try and do is just let some stuff go ultimately you're going to drop some of the balls some of the plates are going to fall on the floor and smash it just is what it is and I think the biggest issue that we all have is the pressure that we put on ourselves the pressure to be everything for everyone I just let that go not necessarily I'm a bad mum or a good mum but sometimes I just can't mum the way that I want to mum because I haven't got the mental capacity to do it and sometimes I can't be a great wife because I'm not attentive or because my brain isn't there. And I can't be, you know, the best colleague or employee of the month because my mind is elsewhere. I'm trying to stop a child from running into the wall while I'm on a Zoom call. Like, you can see behind me, like, the felt hit all over the wall. Oh, yeah, I love it. Again, I was on a Zoom call. I was on a work call. I was in a meeting and I was praising myself that she was being quiet behind me. I was like, this is wonderful. I could totally do this. And then I turn around and she's literally done a mural across the whole freshly painted office wall. I'm looking at it now thinking, no, now I can see that it's felt it but absolute felt it which the lying people said it was like wipeable paint lies it's physically impossible to do it all and be all for everyone it's just impossible and so I think I had to just let that go sometimes so if I didn't wash my hair for a week or have a shower for two days and you know there were times where like I forgot to make lunch and the kids were like we're hungry and I was like you ate lunch and they're like no we didn't I was like oh crap (laughs) like yeah we did yesterday most people have been there and suddenly gone huh it's two o'clock in the afternoon whoops so yeah when I mean forget lunch I don't mean like I didn't feed my kids for a whole day but like <laughs> you look at the time and you think oh my gosh breakfast <laughs> <laughs> mummy you didn't feed us yesterday <laughs> you can't do it and I think I just learned to let that go because it was the pressure I was trying to put on myself I just couldn't it's impossible and when I realized that I just thought oh well (laughs) I was just in survival mode and I just had to learn that it's okay to not do it all all the time and there's no moral high ground if you can keep your kids well behaved keep your house clean be a good employee and be a great wife all at the same time that doesn't make someone better than me and I think that's part of the problem I was looking at everybody else who seemed to do all of those and wonder why I couldn't do it but no one (laughs) 
doing? Like, and if you can, great, but that doesn't make you a better person than me. That's kind of yeah. what I keep in the back of my mind because I am an absolute bugger for comparing myself. I know I am. I'm one of those people that will compare myself relentlessly and never favorably. I don't know why. Like, I'm never nice to myself. I'd hate me as a best friend to myself. I'm horrible. I just think I'm one of those people. I will compare and I have to keep it in my mind, especially throughout this whole time of you will completely steal your joy if you compare Mm -hmm. yourself because you'll always find yourself wanting you'll always be down on yourself and you have to just step away from it and go do you know I'm not going to compare myself to what I see in a 15 second video of somebody Mm -hmm. online or what I see of the neighbors looking all happy over the street when I'm about ready to rip my husband's head off or he's about ready to rip mine off do you know what I mean and everyone on Instagram is posting lovey dovey (laughs) stories and you're like what the hell yeah I'm googling divorces here and you two are kissing each other having another date night indoors you what mate like how is that possible (laughs) (laughs) screw up date night I'm like wondering how cheap a solicitor is like if I'm gonna be able to keep the dog child do I keep (laughs) out of three out of three like which one would I I I take I did think there's like three pets and three kids. Like, I'd definitely take the pet. 100%. I fell into that a little bit over lockdown. There was someone I followed who I love. She's lovely. And I always look at her and think, oh my God, her house is so spotless. I get annoyed when I've got nowhere to take a picture in my house because everywhere's a mess behind it. And I always used to think, oh my God, she always has a clean kitchen. She always has a clean house in her stories. And then she did a Q&A and someone said, you've got a housekeeper. And she was like, yeah, I've got a housekeeper and a cleaner. Yeah. And I thought, so all this time... <laughs> I've been sitting here comparing myself to this girl wondering how she's got three kids and her house is spotless it's because she don't do it like that's no knock on her at all no it's the what you don't see behind yes. the screen isn't it that's the, the point and it's not because people are necessarily hiding it no because she was really she honest she was she like, said, yeah. it's not like you every morning open up your stories and go hi guys just wanted to let you know that I have a housekeeper which is why my house is fucking fabulous yeah. <laughs> she didn't and she wasn't lying no, or hiding it as soon as someone said oh your house is always tidy she was like yeah because I got a housekeeper and a cleaner yeah. and she was really open about it and I just thought well you look at that yeah. there's me going I ain't got time to wipe the sides and clean this and do this and do the same as her it's because we're not the same people she's got two other people another two pairs of hands helping whose literal job is to, is to right and so I'm comparing myself to that so I always implore people to explore what are you comparing yourself to and that's not necessarily to say what people the hate people go ah oh, but you know the internet's fake no we decide what we put out there we yeah. make it fake like if we put out crap it's crap but like her she didn't put out anything that was fake there was nothing about the picture she was posting that was unreal she wasn't specializing to be perceived a certain way she just naturally wouldn't be like i've got a cleaner so it's not necessarily that social media is a lie just our perception what we perceive from a picture it's how a we video. take it isn't it but the rose color that exactly. we put over the top of it and that we exactly. say oh gosh i can't compare myself i'm falling short of that when we've only got a fraction of the story and nobody can give you the full story there's things that have happened throughout this pandemic that I've never mentioned that have happened within my personal life that have happened within family life I've just not mentioned because it's not cropped up or Mm. because it's just private it's maybe not my story to tell and it's all those things that you cannot possibly see behind a screen 24-7 even when you have these reality TV shows like Big Brother and that kind of thing they weren't 24-7 all the time because you couldn't see everything you got a snapshot and it Mm -hmm. really 
really is a snapshot of somebody and somebody's life and their comfort levels of what they share. You'll never know the full story. And I think that's really key in kind of reminding ourselves not to compare, even though I am quite the compare. Even in the pandemic, has been, I think, been worse for people because we've spent yeah. more time online, naturally, because it's been the only thing we could do. Yeah. <laughs> the government haven't locked off um, <laughs> or, or furloughed. Like, yeah. literally the only thing we could do. I kept saying to Trevor, do you remember when drive-thrus were closed? Yeah. Like, it's like, it was so extreme, wasn't it? I remember McDonald's reopened their drive-through. I think we'd driven through to Scarborough. I think it coincided with when grassroots football came back. So Adam is a coach for Toby's football team. And I think it coincided with them having like a friendly match or it was something. Or it might even have been before and we went through for a reason, but we'd been nowhere and we'd gone to this. And the kids were like, can we get a McDonald's drive-through? We just sort of pulled up and the queue, I kid you not, it wrapped all the way around the car park. They'd had to set out cones to create like a drive. Then yeah. it wrapped around the roundabout and came back out. And I was like, yeah, of course we can. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yeah, we'll sit here for an hour and a half and wait for our It was ridiculous. That, that was like a really dark time. It was bad. Everything was closed, wasn't it? We look back and think, oh my gosh. Like I even said to Trevor, do you remember when we were only allowed outside for an hour? Yeah. Like that, that was an actual rule. Like even now that feels like a million years ago yeah. but it was only this time last year someone literally said to us you can only go outside for an hour an hour, <laughs> an hour. yeah once a day for an hour and I love watching films like I Am Legend and stuff so I just basically rewatched all of them at the beginning of the pandemic and I was going to Trevor do you know how to kill this do you know how yeah. to do this like do we have a bunker like I was genuinely like can we need we food can we build a bunker is this feasible I was like can you kill like, a zombie I was like what kills zombies like we need just in case like honestly I'm still watching The Walking Dead in like series whatever the hell it is when everybody else gave up like five series ago I am primed for that level Trevor said that I would watch that series and he watched it and he was like we'll be fine I was like are you sure and I think it was part like I just got a newborn so I wasn't sleeping and just I genuinely was like we just need to make a plan we need an exit have we got petrol in the car just make sure we've got petrol in the car and matches because it seemed that scary didn't it at the beginning it was really really frightening it was was so frightening and it still is a bit now I do kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel but it's been a mad year (laughs) it really has hasn't it in like in all joking apart because I think I've been very much the only way you can get through this is to laugh through Mm. it that is my mentality with everything like I'll pop up with a joke in a friend group and my friends be like Jesus Christ like are you okay and I'm like no I'm joking I think all seriousness it was a scary time and we didn't have a newborn baby I think in the beginning as well there wasn't any kind of like bubbling with people there wasn't any support bubbles you weren't even told where you like you could go to a midwife appointment without this you had to wait in the car and then they would call you for like to go straight in to the hospital so the person and before you would go out they'd clean the room and then you could go straight in it was horrendous like I remember like literally spraying Trevor down with antibac as he came home from the supermarket because I was like petrified like wiping down like every yeah. single product before I, I put it in the toilet cup. paper no, yeah, because there was none of that. Do you know what's really weird, actually, is before I always have the kids, before I have a baby, I do a massive Costco haul yeah. because, and I guess I kind of unknowingly prepared for it slightly because we had gone to Costco maybe about four weeks before, so just after the tour finished. All the things that I would buy so that when we had a newborn, we wouldn't have to go anywhere. So then it happened. I was like, well, that was a very well-timed <laughs> Costco awesome. trip <laughs> because oh, we've got some cashel we can sell on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Two days before, I was sat there and Adam came up to me and he was like, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, what? He was like, you've run out of hand soap. I was like, oh, for God's sake. And toilet paper. 
Yeah. We'd run out of them both. And I, I remember going into the supermarket and picking up those two items that were like the last on the shelf. And it was like a piddly four pack thinking, well, that's not going to help with our family. <laughs> and I just remember looking at the cashier and just being like, we really do need them. Like, yeah, we actually need them. We've run out. I'm not just doing crazy buying. Yeah, when there was no pasta. <laughs> no pasta, no nothing. And I couldn't get any deliveries or anything like no. that. We did actually, I stopped trying to get deliveries because I thought about it and thought, well, actually there might be people that need it more than me. Initially, I thought, oh God, I need to get my delivery because that was life. Everything was, you know, just tickety-boo. We didn't really think about it. And then all of a sudden there was actually, there could be people that really can't get to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. I can pull my ass down there. Let's go. It didn't even occur to me. You forget, don't you? Because it's just normal. My neighbours are elderly and I went to them like before I had JJ and I was like, oh, do you need me to get anything from the supermarket? And it's funny because they were like, no, you're heavily pregnant. You go indoors. And I was like, no, you go indoors. (laughs) I will go. And they were like, no, you go indoors. argument because I was wanted to check that they were okay both of us essentially were vulnerable at the time but we were just like no someone needs to go to the supermarket and they really struggle because it's their independence it's just the two of them they've got like grown-up kids who like come every Christmas or whatever but they were just like it's just us and going to the supermarket going to our little waitrose or little trip every week is like that's it and they pick up their other friend who's like 95 and they take her to the supermarket and I was like you're not supposed to go and he was like it's worse for us if we stay in the house because we won't go anywhere or see anyone or do anything and she has no one and I just thought what a world we live in that you take that risk because of the fear of just isolation of yeah of being in lockdown which is why I think I've just tried really hard to stay as positive as possible because I know it can be really lonely so as much as I've wanted to just pee on my own for two minutes or (laughs) do a poo without one of my kids like Isabella mummy mummy I wipe your bum like no babes just let me wipe my own bum for two minutes (laughs) and as much as I've wanted peace from that again I just go back to being like but you know what I'm not on my own and and that's the beautiful thing to be and that has definitely helped COVID allowed Do you think you pass that positivity on to your kids? Like, how have they coped with it all? Because mine are 10 next week whilst we're recording this. I was like, oh, oh, 10 going into double digits and I'm not okay about it. He's loved it. Like, he's not really into school and that kind of thing. And he's been like, can we just homeschool permanently? And I'll be like, no. And then I've had Toby, my middle one, who's eight. He's really struggled. Like, he's Mm. very much like his dad, who's also really struggled. Very much a social butterfly. He's friends are like his everything his football is his everything like he's really struggled and then Edith she's just turned six she's a bit ambivalent to it all she's not really fussed yeah. she misses her friends but she could have kept going Toby was getting to the point where he was really struggling and mm. trying to keep him positive whilst being positive myself was incredibly difficult so do you think that your kids because they see you being so positive is that naturally rubbed off on them I'm not positive all the time so probably not <laughs> If you said to my kids, his mummy was positive, they'd be like, what, who? What, this shouty lady who lives in our house? No. I think Sophia struggled the most. She's eight. I think it's their age group. I definitely think it's their age group when they are really coming into their social status, so to speak. And they are really learning who they are and where they fit. And I think she has really struggled. Towards the end of last year, and I don't know why we didn't think of it sooner, we did a couple of Zoom calls. Like, she had a few Zoom calls with her, like, the six of them who are really close. And they had a couple of Zoom 
uncles, which they were on for hours. And when we did the first one, all of us were a bit like, all the mums were a bit like, why did we not do this sooner? Like, one, because I haven't heard from the kids in like three hours. It's been great. But also because for them, they were just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like they could see each other and they were so happy. But she, the first two lockdowns, <laughs> 65, 7,025 lockdowns. <laughs> um, the first couple, I did no home learning. Like, let's not even go there. I had a newborn. It's just not happening. Yeah. My husband's not got the patience for it. Trev's like, don't even think about it. It was just, no. We did do other things to learn. And I think just because we didn't sit down and do worksheets doesn't mean yeah. we didn't learn. So we did little things like Sophia journals. She has a gratitude journal, just like me. And Isabella's just turned three this week and she now does gratitude at the end, but she doesn't write it down because she can't write. It's really cute. So she just goes like, she's praying. So she closes oh. her eyes and puts her and she goes, thank you, God. And then she just lists all the things she's thankful for. It's really funny listening because she normally says, thank you, mommy. Thank you for daddy. And then she'll say like, thank you for cake. Thank you for nursery. And she'll just go through the list and then she goes, thank you. Amen. So we practice it a lot. So Sophia had that in the evening where she could write down how she felt and we could kind of take it from there. And in the journal that she has, it always had a quote from someone, like a, a famous quote. So as part of our learning, the following day, we would then research that person and we'd find out more about them and we'd look at where they came from and then we'd look at that country. So we did learning. We just didn't, you know, sit down and do times tables. I think that um, was a huge difference with the first lockdown because I'll be yeah. completely honest, the first lockdown, I and this will probably shock you, was the schedule mum. I bloody loved it, if I'm honest. It gave me a purpose, for one. It yeah. gave me a direction. And my kids loved it as well, because I was setting everything for them. And very much similar to what you said, it was done around them. And like you said, that person that you would research the next day, we would do that kind of thing. And then in the mm. afternoons, we would either bake or we'd maybe do some artwork. Yeah. That's what they wanted. And it was very flexible and very much like homeschooling, as I know it to be, with my friends who are, I was going to say professional homeschoolers then. But they are, they are professional homeschoolers. The angels of the world, yes. Angels of the world, the brilliant ones. That's very much their experience. And then obviously yeah. they have a whole wealth of clubs and things that they've also missed out on in the same way our kids have missed out on actual physical school. school. Yeah. But this lockdown was hell for it. I think school's got a lot more strict and yeah. it all changed. And that kind of worked twofold because the first kind of few weeks, Sophia loved it because it was like, oh, this is new, like teams, woo, like structure. Yay. And then she realised she actually had to do work And she was like, nah, this is some bullshit <laughs> Like, no mate It's not working for me mum She was like, this was really good until you asked me to write something And now I'm just not about it So it was really difficult And the school were fantastic And after a couple of weeks they really realised it was really hard So they had really fun days Where they had like, get off your screen day And they would send out a little timetable And it had all different things you could do that didn't include a screen yeah. And they were all versions of learning Weigh out ingredients for a recipe And you had to go through and tick them all And then write a report about what you did and then send it in so they were still learning but they had that to do and the school bullying and then they had like show and tell on a Friday instead of assembly so the kids could see each other and I don't know why kids are obsessed with pets like miss do you have a cat and like Sophia would show all our pets poor teacher she does have a cat so they were like miss can we see your cat can we see your cat so they did stuff like that so you know I know not every school is the same and I feel very fortunate that her school were like that but lord I'm just glad they're back <laughs> <laughs> It was the first time because the first time round I was really like I don't think this is going to be the right time to send them back no. I think things are going to skyrocket I'm really anxious about it me and all my naivety I'd rather keep going <laughs> whereas now I was like yeah get them back I'm really seeing that my kids are struggling and yeah. I would have liked to have seen teachers prioritised for a vaccine before they went oh absolutely home. I think most people that I've spoken to would say similar I can't see anyone who would say they shouldn't be no 
exactly. Not when all they've done is tell us that schools are a breeding ground. A breeding and, like, ground not being funny, school can't even contain chickenpox or nits. Like you can't control nits, but you want to control COVID. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like come on. Bits and worms. I'm just like, no, thank you. So when they went back to school, I don't know how long they were back for, like a couple of weeks. I had chicken pox. Both the girls had chicken pox and nits at the same time. And I genuinely, my neighbor was just like, Do you want to drink? Like, do you want to just like are you okay? And I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. All right. I had like lockdown nits and chicken pox at the same time. What did I do in the past life? <laughs> Who did that I mean, ever deserve that? <laughs> do you know what I, mean? I didn't create COVID. Why are you mad at me? Like, why are you so angry that you're going to give me chicken pox and nits and lockdown all at the same time? Especially when the kids have been back to school for two seconds. Yeah, two seconds they were back. back at all. How have they picked it up? What did you do? Repents? Like, literally, you were in for two seconds and you've licked someone, rubbed someone. And, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> But yeah, like you, I'm I'm glad they're back, but do yeah. feel strongly that teachers probably should have been prioritised more. But teachers are absolute angels. Like, they're genuinely... Aren't they? Like, They've had a really sense. rough rap as well throughout the whole Which thing. Which is like, baffling to me. Bonkers. I've got quite a few friends who are teachers and I've always sort of stepped back and been like, actually, there's this myth that they get all this holiday and they get this and they get that. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. But the way that they have been treated as key workers throughout the pandemic has just been mind-blowing to me. And I think mm-hmm. most people parents have now had a glimpse of what it's like to try and do everything because teachers are still trying to do paperwork they're still trying to do all these things and they're still parents and wives and daughters and friends like I just think hats off to them I can't like I I don't know how they do it like we saw Sophia's teacher in Sainsbury's the other day honestly I was so close to just like throwing my arms around her and being like (laughs) I'll pay for all your shopping for the rest of the year like I don't care what do you want fill up your trolley supermarket sweep it it's all yours like but even in that moment when she saw Sophia she was like so animated and so positive I can't wait to see you how are you feeling yeah. and I was just like girl she did have a couple of bottles of vodka in her trolley yeah. not even like you. <laughs> but I was like do what you gotta do but I just thought oh my god like she's been through all of this she's still got to show up she's still got to perform yeah. she's still got a family of her own to deal with yeah. and homeschool her own kids as well as yeah. try and teach all our kids and she still you know didn't run and hide behind her trolley she was yeah. so like literally stopped our teachers were exactly the same yeah, they, yeah she's like Miss they, Honey from Matilda yeah they really are and our teachers arranged for the kids to have one of the topics for Toby was Italy and they'd done like an Italian week where they did different learning topics and like that English would be about writing about this and so they kept it as a theme throughout the week and at the end of the week I just got a text message that said would you be about doing an essential journey to collect something for the children from school and I was like actually yes that will fit in with this I can pop in and grab that and they'd gone and arranged for our local Morrisons to give all of the children in the school a pizza making kit. Oh um, my god, that's amazing! Honestly, hats off to local Morrisons because they did it all off their own backs and everything. And they do loads in our town, in fairness to them. But the teachers had just gone and arranged this. And while I was talking to them, when I went to pick it up, they were like really emotional about how much they missed the kids and how excited they were. And when I explained to them how desperately hard Toby was finding it, and like he gets on his little zooms for class, which was a whole other story. I'm like literally rocking back and forth, shaking, like, no, no, let's let's not, let's not. I can't, I can't. Are you muted? Are you muted? <laughs> Are you muted whilst I'm shouting at Edith? I can't wipe your bum. I can't wipe your bum. And then realizing that half of the artwork in my office is highly inappropriate for children. Like I have artwork on the wall that'll be like, don't wait for the light at the end of the tunnel, light that bitch yourself. These kids can read, man. They can read. And I've got <laughs> pictures of Sophie T boob artwork. Oh yeah, I've got, I've got I've got I've got some boob candles. Movies. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've got boob candles, which Sophia thought was hilarious for show and tell. Yeah, there's all sorts. Show and tell. These are my mummy's booby candles. This is my mummy's tits candles. <laughs> and it's just, they've done all of that. And then they still, where Toby cries after the end of every Zoom, or he did, he would be like, I really miss my friends and I want to go back. And I'd said that to them. And they were just like, we just can't wait to have him back. Like, we just can't wait to have them all here. Even though, you know, it does pose a higher risk to their safety. Of course, Not yeah. all. They were just like, just want my kids you know my yeah. I don't know any teacher who didn't want to be back in the classroom and I mean that from a personal level and those I've spoken to on social media from my friends who are teachers I just don't know any teacher who didn't want to be back in the classroom and they were counting down to go back to school as much as everyone else and I think we forget the impact it's had on so many people and not just the kids mental health but their teachers and everyone and to now feel like okay we're getting somewhere yeah it does, does feel genuinely... different this time oh yeah totally it feels like with this vaccine and with things kind of moving forward feels more hopeful mm. than it did before which is something we haven't felt for a long time I think so and I think hope is a massive thing that really carries us through I think you have to have hope in these kind of circumstances otherwise you do just internalise everything and just become a panicky mess or I do anyway <laughs> Oh no, totally If it's something you've experienced before You know, like, I don't know, grief Or you lose someone You know the pattern of it And whilst every situation is different You can at least foresee Or feel, okay, I've been through something similar I came out okay I'm going to be okay Whereas this was something completely None of us have been through it in our lifetime Anyone alive now hasn't been through it in their lifetime None of us were supposed to know what to do Or how to feel, how to cope What it was going to look like And so it was really difficult to feel hope And it's the one kind of thing that we needed And it came sometimes you know when we had the clap for the NHS we had all these lovely things and you know a few street parties social distance street parties you know you had a few bits that felt really hopeful and there were some really lovely news stories and and then it was always just overwhelmed with all these horrible stats and arguments online and all this negativity and you know Boris Johnson without brushing his hair just dumb stuff that you just got come on guys get it together (laughs) and we had all this and it was really hard but yeah like you said I think now we can hold on to hope a little bit more and while we're in that space I try and encourage people to take this moment of hope to feel more encouraged and to practice gratitude because trying to practice gratitude in the midst of it all was just impossible it felt impossible for anyone especially if it's not something you're used to but while it feels a little bit more hopeful try and do it now yeah try and get into it now where you can you know start planning for next year or the future and feel a bit more hopeful about what's to come because hopefully it does all go you know I was gonna say go up from here but like that's probably not the best terminology because I don't mean the stats (laughs) all the because yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the downside isn't it we've heard it goes up and that's been really bad no I mean hopefully it goes down from here but like yeah you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we can do a podcast next year where we're all sat talking about how wonderful it is to be able to you know leave the town that we're in <laughs> Sophia went Isabella's been banging on about going to the beach and I always say to it like you know dress for the life you want and so today she came down in a swimming costume she was like I'm going to the beach and I literally looked at her I thought you are dressing for the life that you want babes you manifest that holiday you just come down she was like mummy's not listening I want to go beach I'm just going to dress for the beach so that's that's where we're at when we can start hoping that's it isn't it that really further than Tesco it all doesn't it we're all currently manifesting (laughs) the war 
Bowls, the beaches. Yeah. So if we all just basically dress for the life that we want. So I just want to see swimsuits donning and some, like donning a swimsuit. Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Forget the Yorkshire weather. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, and, no more and hazmat it. suits and masks, just bikinis <laughs> and Hawaiian shirts, please. Absolutely. I love it. Do you think that lack of hope has been the hardest thing for everything? Or what would you say has been the hardest thing for you? Yeah, I think the lack of knowing what's going to happen. I'm a pretty as positive as I am can be quite an anxious person. And yeah. I don't necessarily want to say a control freak, but I like to have a plan. I like to try and know what's going to happen and to not be able to do that, I found really hard. And when you could plan, it was then kind of ripped away at the last minute. So Christmas is a prime example. You know, I thought Christmas was going to happen. I, I could never see my mom. And then like days before it was ripped out. So all the chances you had to be hopeful were kind of snatched away. And so I think that was really, really tough. So I think the hardest part, I guess, would be a mixture of losing hope a little bit and also just the lack of human physical connection, like hugging my mum or, you know, that I found really tough. I'm a bit of a hugger. You're a hugger. Yeah. You know, like, I like I'm a really tactile person. Yeah. And, you know, I like a snuggle. <laughs> yeah. I like a good squeezy hug. Yeah, and I do. You, do it. you just can't do it. And even up here where we are in Yorkshire, we did get a kind of Christmas. Like we could go to see Adam's parents. Yeah, you could have one other. One, yeah. So that's what we did. And I think we had it really lucky in that aspect. But even then it was kind of encouraged to be socially distanced. How can you explain to a then five-year-old, sorry, but you can't hug grandma, you just can't do it. Yeah, and which is why we didn't see, because loads of people were like, well, you can still see it. So we saw her twice and there were times where people were like, oh, well, you could, one, she lives three hours away, so we couldn't do a drive-by through the window thing. Like that wasn't <laughs> happening. But also I found it really difficult and I thought it would be harder for the kids to explain, there's nanny, you can see nanny, but you cannot touch nanny. My kids are huggy, you know, that's just the kind of family we are. I thought that would be more detrimental to their well-being than it would be to just FaceTime my mum because yeah, they can understand okay. FaceTime. Yeah, then standing, you know, across a park and going, oh, there's Nanny, but don't hug Nanny, don't see Nanny, don't yeah. touch Nanny. So yeah, there were opportunities, you know, maybe I shouldn't moan, I only saw her twice because I could have possibly seen her more, but, and do what? Explain to a two-year-old, Isabella's two, say, no, don't go and hug Nanny. Like, that doesn't seem right. It didn't sit right with me. Each to their own, to other people, their children might have been absolutely fine and that yeah, might have been better for their well-being. For every family, doesn't it? And mm -hmm. some people might not be that physical with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's totally cool because everybody shows their affections in different ways. But I think I would have been exactly the same as you. You know, we didn't see Adam's parents who normally the kids would see most weeks. We didn't see mm. them from the very first lockdown right up until just when things opened back up again. Tell a lie. Adam's mum came to the window and it was heartbreaking because it was Adam's birthday and she came mm. and dropped off a present and waved through the window. And the, the kids did find it harder because they couldn't yeah, why they couldn't give her a cuddle so I think from that point of view I'd be with you on that 100% it's got to be an all or nothing yeah and, and that's, that, that's what I found that's what I probably found the hardest and the shortage of pasta at the beginning <laughs> We all love a good pasta. I mean, <laughs> Who doesn't love a good snack bowl? would eat plain pasta every single day. Oh, with a little knob of butter, 100%. Now for me, you've got to sprinkle a bit of salt on it. Give me a bit of oh, chili on Or a bit of garlic, yeah. yeah. And then I'm there. Yeah. But just the plain, she would even be like, don't bother putting the butter on it, mummy. Hold the butter. <laughs> are, you, are you okay? Like, this hey, are you my child? <laughs> this is literally it. I'm there like whacking on the hottest of the hot sauces and the yeah. curries and everything's flavourful. 
all and she's like I shall have plain pasta tonight mama and that's it <laughs> that's all she wants so she was like that was her rock bottom <laughs> yeah I can feel her on that one I think me positive wise appreciating the people who are in my life a bit more mm. has been a big positive to come out of it all you know I have at times enjoyed having more time with my kids yeah than I would have had before what's been your positive what's been something that you've gone actually that's really good that that's happened and it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic you can tiger king yes (laughs) (laughs) tiger king hands down like you know i know i had a new baby and all that good stuff i don't give a shit about any of that tiger king hands down without fail was the number one thing to come out of 2020 the memes that i have followed like joe exotic carol baskin hands down tiger king i don't even care what anybody else says to me like my night you know everyone would say the family time jess is like no tiger king tiger king do you love that i knew you were going to go there though that I, was, I, like, I knew you to say Netflix because I knew I knew I that that was, was coming do you know the funny thing about Tiger King right is Sophia really likes like, animal programs we love animal yeah. programs as a family it so we is. love like bear grills and all yeah. of that stuff so we thought it was like a big cat rescue That's just, like, oh, we were like shit. yeah so we started watching it right I never forget it I was like Trevor's like what are you watching I was sat in the bedroom with the baby I was like oh this thing about cats Trevor's like alright so he comes in he sits on the bed so he's like what are you watching we're like this thing about cats so he was like okay I'm gonna watch and about 20 minutes in Trevor's like I don't think you should watch <laughs> I was like I don't really understand what's going on and then Trevor's like yeah but I can't stop watching I was like yeah me neither I was like yeah Sophia I don't think this is for you we binge watched it that whole day yeah. I don't even know what the kids did like I was like there's Christian <laughs> it was just the best and then I was like looking for the sardine oil like ooh, the best do we think Carol Baskin killed her husband did she whack him she whacked him fed him to the tigers they snack in babes <laughs> 100% like, But Tiger King I think hands down Was like I know that sounds ridiculous Okay no In all seriousness It is being able to Really appreciate What you have What's yeah. right in front of you And really acknowledging What matters Again I know that's Really cliche But it's true It's the basics Like we love travelling We love holidays I love it And we've not travelled anywhere And actually realising That we don't need Like what well, we do need I need a beach holiday All the yeah. time But I didn't need Any of that To enjoy it's my family time material isn't it Yeah I didn't need Any of that We just went for a walk And we enjoyed it and it was just having those basic things like cooking more you know all the things that actually at the time I was like this is hell I hate it I reflect and I think do you know what we're really fortunate and I'm glad we're coming out the other end but it wasn't as bad as when you're in the the midst of it yeah and it wasn't as bad as it could have been and yeah I think it was just appreciating what's here and now and that actually what matters isn't what you can buy it's literally what is right in front of you at that moment in time and that's what's important and that's what you hold on to so yeah that that and Tiger King that and Tiger King obviously it really was it was a pinnacle so at the end of every podcast episode I am asking people for a mum hack and I have had everything from draw dividers all the way through to being positive and surrounding your mental health and all that kind of thing so we are literally talking about everything from putting your fork in the chicken to pull out that tender in the middle you know what I'm talking about Yes, on the TikTok. On the TikTok. <laughs> on the tick on the tickety tock. I saw it on the TikTok. On the Facebook. On the Facebook. 
Facebook. You've just, just aged like 50 years. very old there, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You are the same age as me, so. No, that was really bad, wasn't it? On the top oh, TikTok. So what would be your mum hack or your life hack or something that you would share that you're like, everybody needs to know this? I don't know whether it should be practical or like, I'm like an organised freak as well, though. So I love like organising and labelling and stuff. And I'm trying to think, is there something like that that I do that I like absolutely love? I don't even know. What, what do I do? Maybe, do you know what? It's, I don't know if it's a hack or if it's just something that we love doing. But like affirmations for me are really fun. And I kind of think they are somewhat of a hack. This is so rubbish. But like just practising those things with your kids, you have to do them from a really genuine place. So we have fun with them. And so I write a note in Sophia's pet lunch every day. That's an affirmation. And then she comes home with it. And then she's like, I read your note. <laughs> and then she puts it in this big jar. And I hope she keeps that jar. And when she's older, she looks back and she's like, my mum was amazing. <laughs> and it like counteracts all the time. I like screamed at her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you know what? My hack, it's not even really a hack, but my thing would be is to be you and be authentically you. Because yeah. if anyone in the world is going to love that unconditionally, it's your children. And I think there's something really beautiful about when you are just yourself and to just let the small stuff go. Like, just let it go. I haven't got any practical tips or, you know. I love the affirmations though. I love that you do. Yeah, just, I think this really important. We did for a small amount of time because we just didn't stick to anything. We did like a jar where we'd go and pick something out of the jar each morning and read something and we didn't stick to it. And I kind of wish we did. You've made me want to write like notes in their lunchboxes now. Although mine would probably be like really inappropriate. Mine would probably be like, I am healthy. I am healthy. I am rich. I am that bitch. I am that bitch. Edith would be like at lunchtime. I am wealthy. I am healthy. I am that bitch eating her yogurt. Turn round to her dad and Adam had asked her to do something and she was just like sorry daddy I can't do that right now I'm doing hot girl stuff and it was from that can't talk right now doing hot girl hot shit, girl shit. I, yeah admittedly I did teach her I tried to teach her I'm doing hot girl shit but she was like mommy I can't say that word oh what? bless I just think it's really important to try and practice I try and practice what I preach with them yeah. but I guess it's not a, a mum hack more of a tip to just share those really positive things about your children and actually in doing that I find it much easier to then be more compassionate to myself and share those lovely things with myself so when I give affirmations none of them are about what my children look like why would they be they never are they're about them as people and so it's really been kind of reassurance to me that actually what really matters is who we are as people and so yeah if you've got an opportunity to write them a note or even just talk to them about you know who they are and share those moments with them it's really nice so it's not really a hack but I think it's something lovely to do with your kids I think it is install something so beautiful in them from such a young age that when they you know get older they have this real strong sense of who they are only thing physical I talk about in her affirmations or in her notes are about smiling and I say things like you've got a beautiful smile make sure you smile at someone today but that's it I never talk about because you just wouldn't would you so I think it's it's a beautiful thing you wouldn't write it down but we're really good at sort of saying oh you look so beautiful today or oh you look really pretty with your hair like that and we'll say it but we Mm. wouldn't actually think to write it down so it's remembering to compliment beyond the physical And there's so yeah. much about them that is just so much wonderful. There's mm-hmm. nothing to do with the physical. Yeah, it's the same for subtle. So not necessarily a hack. Although the only other hack I would say is if you really want them to go to bed earlier because you just need to break, just wind the clock back. <laughs> or forward, forward, wind it forward. I, I've done that a few times. Yeah. I've just changed the clock forward. Or I've sneakily told Alexa to change the time on the bedtime alarm. I like so that. They, they go also to bed about to early. set up a bedtime alarm because I do not have that. And I could do with Alexa kind of just going, what? 
if she tells everyone, like, oh, I was doing an announcement, it kind of detaches it from you. Oh, see, there, maybe I have got a hack. There you that, go. You have got hacks. I've got a hack. Get Alexa to announce bedtime because I think because she does it and I don't do it, yeah. even though they know I've told her to, but it detaches that, oh, mum's telling me to go to bed. Like, it yeah. kind of takes that away. So they're like, oh, it's bedtime. Like, it's just a part of routine. Alexa. Blame her. Hopefully, yeah. it's not my fault. Alexa told you to go to bed. So, yeah, there's my hack is turn the clocks forward if you want them to go to bed early or just change Alexa and tell Alexa to tell them to go to bed early. I love it. You said, I don't think I've got any hacks, but you've given us hacks, you've given us tips, and then you've given us <laughs> advice. So there you go. That, in a nutshell, Jess, just summarises all the things that I think you put out into the world that are just oh, fabulous. Thanks. There for the hacks, there for the tips, there for the advice and the positivity. Hey, and thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me and just have a laugh. Oh, that's such a crazy ride this has been. I know. Thank you for having me, my love.